everybody. Welcome back to Black Card Rehab, the show where we go from zero to black, one episode at a time. I am joined today, as always, by my white friend, Paige. Hey, Paige. Hello. How are you feeling today on a scale of zero to black? On a scale of zero to black, I am wearing a crop top that says thick thighs and thin patience. And (laughs) I feel like that's very telling us to my state of mind today. Where did you get that? I don't remember. I honestly That's don't. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you it just reach back and get that tag for me because that's a good one. <laughs> I feel like it just appeared in my home. Like the universe was like, you need this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. You know what? Okay. I'm pulling the tag. Uh, Fashion Nova. <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> All right. Um, A future sponsor. Fingers crossed. Future sponsor. (laughs) Cross your fingers. And Crystal, on a scale from zero to African-American, how are you feeling today? I am feeling a baby with his eyes covered by a red bucket hat. I don't know if you guys saw that. (laughs) Um, That is how I'm feeling today. I'm ready to go back into a cocoon, into a bubble from all the news, from all the things, you know. (laughs) That baby. I couldn't tell if it was asleep or just like, I'm awake. Or a prop. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I was like, is that a... Is it a live baby? Because we we have not seen his face. So I don't I think know. it is, which makes it even crazier because you haven't seen his face. It could have just been a fake baby. Right. It could have been a fake baby. Yeah. <laughs> and today uh, I'm very happy to have on our guest. She's a hilarious stand-up comedian. She comes to us by way of Dallas, Austin, and now living in L.A., Jasmine Ellis, thank you for thank you so much for being on the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah. How are you feeling today on a scale of zero to black? You know, it's funny. I feel like I'm this mixture where like right now I'm like, I feel as black as a pair of satin savage Fenty boxers that yes. come with a do-rag that matches. <laughs> yeah, they also, do. <laughs> what'd you say? Oh, I said, yeah, they do. <laughs> they do. And I, I feel like I'm on that level of just like feeling good. But then all it takes is like one minute on Twitter and I am just the burnt ends on box braids. Like I'm just hanging in there. <laughs> all I have, but I'm black regardless. Whether <laughs> And not the burnt ends. <laughs> the burnt ends on some box braids. It's a day. <laughs> it's so funny because like I kind of remember the transition when like I like literally transitioned out of braids that were like that where fire was necessary to like braids that we just dipped in like hot water. I was like, what happened? Did did technology change? I don't understand. Like we use fire every other time. (laughs) Oh my God. Since we're on a black card podcast, I've actually never had real black girl braids. Like I'm aware of the process. I've researched them. I think they look Uh amazing, but I've never had real braids. Like my mom convinced me that my hair would fall out if I got them. (gasps) as a kid see here's the thing about so like my family we're black we're black on both sides um but we're creole we're from louisiana and my mom Mm -hmm. is very fair complected with very like fine hair like i don't want to say she's white passing but people have perceived her as white she gets super defensive about it like just Mm -hmm. like i'm like mom (laughs) you can't fight right now you're light-skinned you bruise easily stop but (laughs) 
<laughs> so like she never did any real black hairstyles for me, but I've been fascinated. Mm-hmm. And like one of these days I'm gonna get it done. But now I don't know if I'm going to do it in LA. Cause I feel like everything is three times as expensive here. And like, if I'm going to get like hit with a comb in someone's kitchen during coronavirus, like I need a good yeah. deal on it. <laughs> well, there's actually a couple of comedians that uh, can do braids. Uh, I've seen their Instagrams. Um, Ooh, okay. So if they're not lying, I will give you their names afterwards. Um. <laughs> oh my gosh. Jail yeah. of all trades. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited to talk about this movie. And and this is a movie where none of us on the podcast today have seen it. And I'm talking about the 1992 film Juice. So I would like to hear from you, Jasmine, first. Like, before you watched it this time, like, what was your knowledge of this movie? And like, what was your first interaction with even knowing about it? So when I was in college, I pledged AK and one, uh, you know, short out, shout out to uh, Sora Kamala Harris, um, our future VP, if you will, uh, hashtag <laughs> Kamala and that little man 2020. That is the campaign. <laughs> that is the campaign that all the AKAs are supporting. We are giving 1908 every day. Anyway, <laughs> so I pledged AKA, and it was funny because it's like I went to a predominantly white institution. I went to like a like a, a mixed high school, but I didn't like. A lot of the black girls didn't like me. I don't want to say that like, oh, they weren't. I was I was also weird and kind of a bitch. So, <laughs> you know, what I, mean? I can't blame it on them. But I was like, oh, you act. They, they told me I acted white and I talked white. So when I got to college, it was like all of a sudden it didn't matter. Like everybody was just there to mm-hmm. like to accomplish something. So it didn't matter how white I acted. I still was black and I joined every black thing. I was part of NAACP, (laughs) black student union. I was the multicultural chair of the university. I mean, black, black, black. I was in everything. And my, like one of some of my best friends to this day are some of the alphas who pledged around the same time as me. And my friend, Nicholas Allen, who is by the way, a damn fool on Facebook. He's not a comedian, but he's just so funny. Anyways, his favorite movie in the world is Juice. And we were supposed to work our way up to Juice. So there was like a whole semester. Oh, <laughs> oh you were every- like, there was like, he was giving you like an induction into yes. black so, movies. Okay. Yes. So every Friday, me, him, and my line sister, Chloe, who's from like Frisco, which like, uh, no, Fresno, which is like a suburb of Houston. And it was also kind of bougie and race. Like me, me and Chloe would go in for our like black movie <laughs> lessons. <laughs> On Friday, and we got to Boys in the Hood, we got to set uh-huh. it off, uh-huh. and we got to Shaft, which was long as hell, and I kept falling asleep. <laughs> and he was like, you fell asleep during Shaft, you don't appreciate this process, and then we never finished. <laughs> <laughs> so Juice is his favorite, and he's going to be so happy I finally watched it. And this was like 20 years ago now. Like, we're, like he's a parent, we're both married, like it's wild. He's going to be so proud of me that I finally watched it. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny like to be that heated <laughs> you, you don't deserve nice things you fell asleep during shaft yes. <laughs> no juice for you and the shaft is confusing as hell if you fall asleep there's this part that i that's don't remember true. exactly how, i swear to god he walks through his door opens his door takes his coat off and in the next scene there's a jump cut and he's naked reading the paper <laughs> and, and, his girlfriend or his wife walks in the door and goes, Shaft, what's wrong? And I don't understand. (laughs) What's wrong, baby? And 
don't understand why she thought something was wrong because he was naked in the middle of the day. But it's like a 12 minute sex scene. And I just kept slipping. It was midterms week. I was tired. Shit. The funny thing is, is that I'm sure if you watched it the whole way through awake, you would have the same questions. Yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. I don't think it would answer anything for you. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Richard Roundtree, just a snack. Ben yeah. and now. <laughs> okay. Well, Paige, what about you? What was your knowledge of this movie? So I knew this movie existed mm-hmm. because I'm fascinated with the murders of Tupac and Biggie. Mm-hmm. And if you ever dive into it, it does talk about Tupac's acting career because his clashes with uh, other directors are kind of what land him in prison. Not the case on this movie, but they do mention this as his first acting role. So I knew about it and was fully prepared for it to be terrible because it's Tupac's first acting role. Uh-huh. And while he is an upsetting level of crazy in this movie. I genuinely like this movie. I thought yeah. Omar Epps was amazing in it. Uh, Omar Epps. Yeah, baby. Just a baby. My favorite character was Steel. I was rooting for Steel in all his plaid clothing <laughs> to the point where it made me wonder if at the time plus size only came in plaid. <laughs> <laughs> that's when the size for him would have been husky yeah exactly that's what they called it so rude <laughs> exactly and yeah i i enjoyed it a lot i thought i liked samuel l jackson in it it's i was kind of like bummed i hadn't seen it before now because yeah. i actually had a good time so my awareness of this movie like i'm sure there was like at some point i was like aware that it existed maybe but my clearest knowledge of this movie being a thing was when Dave Chappelle played Samuel L. Jackson in the Chappelle show (laughs) when he's promoting Sam Jackson beer. Yes. And he says, haven't you seen any of my movies? Juice? Deep Blue Sea? That shark ate me! That is still probably one of my favorite movie deaths of all time is Deep Blue Sea. But I've seen that sketch dozens of times. Yes, same. And I quoted it clearly. I still. And (laughs) never realized that he was saying Jews. Yeah, Jews. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, ever since that moment, I'm like, what's Jews? Like, what is it? You know, and like I saw the cover. But it just never grabbed me, you know, Mm. and obviously for the sake of the podcast, for the sake of content, I will watch anything. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I'm going to I'm with you, Paige. I was surprised that this movie was was good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we just recently, Jasmine, we just recently watched Menace to Society. Did you ever get to that one? No. Okay. And I did see Don't Be a Menace while sipping gin and juice in South Central. Is that the full title? I think it's In the Hood. In the Hood. Sipping juice in the Hood. Yeah. Which was Mm -hmm. like a parody of all of those like hood classic movies that were coming out at the time. I saw that before I saw any of the hood classic movies. And now having context, I'm like, oh my God, this is hilarious. Like, yeah. (laughs) Like, it's going to be so much better now that I've like seen it. Like, I want to revisit it after I finally see Don't Be a Menace. And I think there's like, I've seen Boys in the Hood. That was. That was one of the first ones. By the way, there's a part in there where Cuba Gooding sniffs Nia Long's crotch. 
<laughs> I forgot about that. Alphas, aka Fridays, let's educate the AKs on Black Movies Night. I remember uh-huh. being like, rewind it, go back. And so, like, <laughs> <laughs> we rewatched that Chris, <laughs> the crotch sniffing scene like three times to make the point that it was happening. <laughs> <laughs> Good times, man. Shout out. Oh, oh man. Okay, so J- Jasmine, what were your overall thoughts on this movie? Okay, like like Paige was saying, I was pleasantly surprised by the quality of acting. I think that oh my god, Bishop came completely unhinged. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there are parts where I was like, I wish they'd give us like a little bit more to explain why. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess I get it. The, the teasing, the the home life, if you will, you know, the mm-hmm. gang culture around him. But I still was like, but he turned on his boy so fast, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the quickness in which he shot. God, I. I'm calling him light skinned Darnell. Raheem. Yeah. Okay. Raheem. Mm-hmm. Paige, do you know who Darnell is? I do, and you're correct. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you watched Girlfriends. Okay. So, fun fact both light skinned Darnell and dark skinned Darnell appear in this movie. <laughs> like, they are in the movie. Did you oh, catch that? I did no. not. What? Flex Washington plays the DJ that Queen Latifah is firing at the beginning oh, of that contest. Wow. Oh, shit. That's crazy. Yes. I was That's like, so I've been watching Girlfriends and so like I'm like both Darnells are ingrained in my brain because also I'm just so angry with that show because dark skin Darnell and Maya have a problem Mm. and then he just disappears for two episodes and then it's a different problem with light skin Darnell. Do you remember this? Yes. Yes. I don't like that. Ugh, but anyways, yeah. that mm-hmm. was just so fun for me. I I liked it a lot. I thought the performances were really good. Mm-hmm. You know, looking at it with 2020 eyes, I'm like, damn, the fat jokes were so unnecessary. They weren't even funny. Yeah. Sloppy Mm-mm. jalopy. Like, honestly, it was just so unnecessary. <laughs> You're right. Plus size plaid was a thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, the bucket hats in this. Yeah. <laughs> the bucket hats. He wears like four different kinds of buffalo chest in this movie. It is wild. <laughs> Well, and I think the thing that killed me is he's getting ready in the morning that first day. Yes. And he puts on those plaid overalls and I'm like, where did you get those? And then a striped shirt and then a green bucket hat. I was like, is he intentionally dressing like Fat Albert? <laughs> or rerun. I was like, or what is rerun. This? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. They didn't give him much of a personality beyond fat. You know what I mean? Like they yeah. didn't. Right. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, until the end when you when you realize that he's the most kind of sensitive of the bunch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And poor guy. Yeah. Paige, can you like just for for the context for people listening, can you give us like a brief synopsis of what this film is about? So this film is about four friends living in the hood who have varying degrees of either not great home lives or just kind of poor or overextended and they are in high school which is like the wildest part of this movie because Mm -hmm. they basically a never attend (laughs) and b omar epps is in essentially a statutory rape relationship with another woman in the community who happens to be an en vogue actually (laughs) Uh, she looked familiar (laughs) yes and is also a nurse and has an apartment with literally almost no furniture but tons of african art and 
That's true. <laughs> they they're kind of being hassled by everyone in the community. The cops are hassling them. The local bodega owners hassling them. It's this feeling of that they'll never get ahead, and they're kind of stuck in this adolescence, but also this feeling that society has kind of given up on them already. And they are all kind of trying to get ahead in their own way. Mm -hmm. Mostly Tupac and Omar Epps. Omar Epps wants to be a DJ and is good at it. And while they're out one day, they run into a friend who just got out on parole and they have the funniest in exchange in the entire movie where he just goes like, yo, I'm going to rob this place really quick. Do you want to get in on it? <laughs> <laughs> that Yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> it was, I laughed so hard. They say no. They choose to leave. And they go home only to find that their friend that robbed that place was shot in the middle of the robbery. Mm-hmm. And they have kind of differing feelings about it where about half the group is like, oh, maybe he shouldn't have been robbing that place. And then Tupac is like, no, they should have respected him for robbing that place. And which is a weird stance to take. But <laughs> that is the stance he takes. <laughs> and they decide that they're going to rob that place basically almost as revenge or they're going to rob their local bodega. Mm -hmm. as revenge but it's the same night as the dj contest right <laughs> yeah so omar Ebbs goes to the dj contest wins the first round then they leave in the middle of the contest go rob the place where tupac is trigger happy mm -hmm. shoots the bodega owner and then as they run away and and get to a safe location everyone's just kind of like why the fuck did you shoot the bodega owner and he shoots raheem their light-skinned friend who has a baby with a very loud mother who invests in a lot of red and bucket hats. <laughs> and they're like, oh my God, you killed Raheem. And then Tupac is like, I'll kill both of you too if you say shit. And they're just like, oh no. So they go back to the DJ competition. And the cops, I mean, displaying an efficiency that I think we have rarely seen. Yeah, <laughs> legit. Have already narrowed it down and show up at the DJ competition and are like, yeah, it's definitely you three. And they question all of them. And Omar Epps is like stone faced. Tupac is like chopping it up with the cops. Just like, yeah, no, of course it wasn't me. It was that other gang. Yeah. I was clocking oh. some hoes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And Vince, an entire alibi about having sex with a girl in the basement. Like just yeah. lies. Lies Wild. with a smile. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then Steve their chubby friend just sobs the whole time and I felt <laughs> like I just wanted to give him a hug I'm like he's been through a lot tonight <laughs> like <laughs> don't go so hard on him but they do let them go none of them get arrested Raheem's murder is quote unquote unsolved and they kind of blame another street gang for it, which creates problems with that street gang. But the biggest problem is that now Omar Epps is like, oh, Tupac is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's crazy. Let's quick side note. He on set was making people call him Bishop. So <laughs> they weren't wrong. <laughs> yeah, Th this sounds like a a Wesley Snipes Blade situation where Wesley Snipes <laughs> likes to be referred to as Blade. <laughs> but yeah, so Tupac becomes unhinged, and he he's like 
trying to buddy up with Raheem's mom and like, oh, your son was my best friend and they know he shot him. It's like this whole thing. He shoots the rival gang member just because he's just like got in his face. Five times. Yeah. Where is he getting all these bullets? <laughs> Girl, this movie is an exercise in someone with a revolver having unlimited bullets. <laughs> <laughs> In the ending sequence, I started counting bullets because I was like, how many bullets does fool have in this six-shooter gun? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, he starts to become suspicious that either Steele or... What's Omar F's character? Q. Either Steele or Q is going to go to the cops and tell on him. And so he basically threatens both of them and Q is like, I'm going to make a plan. And Steele is just trying to avoid him. And he ends up shooting Steel, and then Q basically goes after him to try and like shoot him before he can get shot. And they end up chasing through a party, which is like the craziest house party ever. And then at that house party, they watch him accidentally <laughs> drop Tupac off the side of a building. Yeah. <laughs> And then Omar Epps walks back through the crowd down into the apartment building and they're just like, you've got the juice, which up until that point in the movie, I thought meant like, you're the coolest guy on the block. And I'm like, that is a weird thing to say to him at this moment. Yeah. I paused it and was like, you got the juice. And my husband goes, babe, that's slang. And I was like, yeah, I know it's slang. (laughs) I watched the scene. It makes no sense. <laughs> oh man, babe, it's slang. Oh, I wanted That's to choke so him out. Funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they mentioned that word a couple times in the beginning. Yeah, but they don't really refer to it again. Which honestly, I mean, maybe it's like probably a a good choice. I don't know. I'm still upset at how few times they said set it off and the movie set it off. But with this movie, <laughs> you know, I think it's fine. The amount of times they said juice, like it would have been a little bit gross at times. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Did you catch the like slightly homoerotic fighting that was going on? Or am I like, am I creating undertones that weren't there? I mean, yes. Oh, like the wrestling? No, it was the use of the word ass. And maybe like language was different then. But okay, like when their friend is robbing the bar and he was like, he was like, I want to see that ass. And like, he's like, you you look good. And then like when the leader of the Puerto Rican gang and Bishop are getting into it and he's like, that ass, homie, that's what I came for. And it's just like, I was like, now kiss. Full disclosure, I, because I have another podcast to do right after this, I had to watch Nightmare on Elm Street 2 and then watch this. And Nightmare on Elm Street 2 is one of like the gayest horror movies there is. So all I could see was a homoerotic subtext watching Juice the whole time. I was just like, Hmm. Do you think that Tupac is jealous of that statutory relationship he has with that woman who has no furniture? <laughs> That's so funny. I didn't notice that she didn't have furniture, but you're right. So she's got a bed, and then at one point they're having like a nice dinner, and she has crazy candlesticks. And yeah, I was, I was like, like, yeah, it was, she was doing Kwanzaa every night, every night, <laughs> and I was like, wow, I, I was like, that is a look. She's got like the beaded cowrie ear, li- like earrings. I was just like, okay. And then it pulls back 
And you see that she's got like a full size dining room in this apartment, but she's literally got just a table for two, no other furniture in the room (laughs) and a giant painting on the wall. And I was just like, who designed this apartment? Yes. I guess we're supposed to assume Frank took all of the shit. Frank, her ex-husband. Oh, oh my God. Her ex-husband. Yeah, that was funny. I was confused by that dynamic at first because I thought for a second that Frank was her dad. Like, so did I. Because she too. was too bubbly for like yes. what was what was eventually a, a breakup. I was yeah. like, why is she so excited? And why is she all... I mean, like, I get it, but it's just like... He was, I don't know. And then also, like, that was a mismatch for sure, relationship-wise. I'm like, I just don't see it. Like, mm <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I want to ask you both a question, because Samuel L. Jackson in this movie, well, first of all, great, as always. Yes. I want to talk to you about options for how he seems to be the boost mobile of New York. <laughs> Because this man somehow is able to contact anyone and get a message to anyone at any time, any place. So do you guys think, was it Carrier Pidget? (laughs) Well, there is that cage of pigeons later in the movie. Right? Or is he magic? Is he telepathic? What is it? (laughs) I just want to know how, like, literally Q had just gotten into the battle and how he knows literally a block away. How? I, yeah, I don't know. I I think (laughs) magic or, or just shouting out windows. Like I feel like (laughs) there are scenes missing from this movie where he's just leaning out a window, like English motherfucker, do you speak it? And we just didn't get to see it. Um, Pigeons could be an option because we do see a cage of carrier pigeons later in the film. Yeah. I just, I, how does he do it? I'm going to go with her know. pigeons theory. I like yeah. it. I was thinking they were going for like a Shakespearean type thing where yeah. he's like a side character and also a narrator, maybe? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little bit. I don't know. Yeah. I think I was trying to connect this to Othello because I recently watched <laughs> O. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, by the way, did, what, what uh, service did y'all use to watch um, Juice on? Amazon, YouTube. Okay, did you catch how off the 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 captions were versus what was actually being said? Oh yeah, no, <laughs> I, I didn't watch it with captions. That happened to me on another movie I recently watched, and well, and they were also some parts trying to like downplay the the cussing. I guess yes, I don't, it would say yeah. frickin' on the screen when you just yeah, heard fucking. <laughs> yeah, I was like, Tupac did not say frickin', so that was driving me. <laughs> But my, oh my gosh, just another Omar Epps movie. I was watching O and it was cracking me up because there's a part where he goes, I'm that nigger, baby. But the screen says, I'm that nigger, baby. And so I just, I kept hoping he was going to do it in this movie too. <laughs> Might as well Man. say Tar Baby. <laughs> the captions were just going to go hard R with it. <laughs> oh, man. I, yeah, I, when he comes to the pool hall and Samuel L. Jackson's closing up and finds him in the bathroom and he's like, you've got to tell Bishop whatever. And I'm like, 
bitch, he just closed. Like, yeah. he's, he's going home. Like, Samuel L. Jackson isn't here to deliver your messages and shit. <laughs> right. I was like, there were, are we all in the same city? What makes Samuel L. Jackson more capable and more resource than you, who are also just, like, skulking in corners? Like, I don't understand. I, don't, I didn't get it. <laughs> Maybe he just had to be in a certain amount of scenes. Like he was like, I'm yeah. in this movie and I'm in all of this movie, even if it doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So there was a lot of issues with uh, Tupac during this, um, the movie. Like apparently he would leave set a lot. And like, so event- eventually what's his face? steel like played a prank on him where he like uh somehow like convinced him that he was fired when he came back <laughs> and then they got into a fight which okay oh shit <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> what was the other thing that i read let me pull this up real quick i love typing in into google juice facts uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea that you're just getting like facts about pulp and you're like, no, movie, juice I, movie yeah. facts. <laughs> I feel like it's vague enough that depending on what your other search history is, that's what it will show you. Because when I first <laughs> typed it into YouTube to like find the movie to like rent on YouTube, uh, I just typed in juice and it was like, Lizzo. I was like, I mean, <laughs> yes, but. And then I had to, had to type in juice movie and it was like, do you mean documentary about health food MLMs? And I was like, another time, but no. <laughs> Google was like, you're a white woman. Yeah. What do you need in your white world? Because <laughs> I know it's not 1992's juice. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's just ads for like rejuvenation, those bottled green juices. They're like, this is cleaning your colon. Oh, this is something I didn't catch because like by the time the movie ended, I kind of I was just like the movie's over. So even though I was listening to the song, so like you guys notice that the, when the credits are rolling, the song that begins has kind of a DJ over it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that DJ is announcing Q. So he like yeah. supposedly made it. I didn't catch that. Like I had to read it. I was like, because I, I think I tune out DJs. <laughs> um, but yeah. So like he's fine. Q's somewhere. You know, DJing. Um, I mean, that's cool because typically I think when you get arrested in the middle of a competition, you forfeit. <laughs> but then he did have that boombox, so I was like, "Did yeah. the police bring him back after questioning?" And he's like, "All right, y'all, I'm innocent." Right. I guess we're supposed to think he's okay, even though he dropped a guy off the top of a building in front yeah. of a party full of people. <laughs> that's true. Like, like don't mad worry. witnesses, and they're like, "You got the juice." <laughs> We're not gonna snitch. We love orange juice, <laughs> and I would love to speculate on like so. While he's like, uh, you know, going up the elevator and then into, I guess, whatever floor that leads to the top. There's like a bunch of people standing around. They tussle. The gun falls on the floor. Some dude just picks it up and then pockets it. Yeah. So what movie is the start of like how that movie starts? This this starts another movie. I loved that. That that just quick. I was just like, ooh. 
So I thought he was going to come. You know what I mean? It was so sly that, and he was not connected to them. Like we weren't, yeah. why would I think that he was on their side? You know, I, mean, oh, I just wrote it. Yeah. I just wrote it. Oh, okay. Yes, what yes, is yes. it? <laughs> Juice two, son of Raheem. Oh my God. <laughs> My God, we shoot it now. We have Marcus Scribner play little light skinned Darnell son, you know, the the oldest son on Blackish. I'm casting it. Oh, I love it. I'm writing it right now. Juice two, son of Raheem. See, I thought I thought that this person was just gonna like, well, I'm gonna take this so that I ingratiate myself to whoever wins by mm-hmm. being like, hey, I got this for you. I'm not gonna mm-hmm. snitch. Mm-hmm. But to be honest, the more I thought about it, I was like, well, guns are expensive. So like, yeah, if you just <laughs> saw one and picked it up, and now it's not linked to you at all, like, yeah, mm-hmm. free gun, yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So I would like to also nominate. So there was a lot of excellent acting in this movie. The worst acting had to be Sweetie. Oh, yeah. Who sold him the gun? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Who just opens her refrigerator full of salami and guns? (laughs) I think that was her way of being like, she's the Italian mob. And she's just like, cold cuts? AKs? Oh man, that was pretty terrible acting. I think Raheem's baby mama, God, she made she made every second of her five seconds on screen like I'm gonna be fucked up like your fucked up friends fucking up the fucking corner. <laughs> I was like, did they write her lines or were they just like go with it? Just whatever you're feeling. <laughs> Uh, honestly, the women in this movie were done a disservice. Old girl Truly. with the gold tooth. Just oh, wanted a little oh, attention oh, at the right. I'm going to get the whole front. I'm going to get all of them. Oh, oh that's right. I forgot about her. Yeah. They did her so wrong. And you know what? That was, I feel like that was an interesting establishing scene because it let us know that, like, these guys aren't great. Yeah. They already steal. Yeah. They don't go to class. You know, mm-hmm. they're not too far off from the the world they want to get into but i i loved the scene where they're watching that old movie in black and white the rest of them aren't paying attention but bishop's eyes are just lighting Mm -hmm. up and the way his brain like the gears are working you can tell that he's like it's funny because it's like he's watching this it's like he watches gangster movies but never watches the end Mm -hmm. he's like yeah that's how you do it you steal the stuff and you win in a movie (laughs) (laughs) you buy the gun from the Liza Minnelli impersonator in the Italian restaurant and then you win (laughs) he's he's not a forward thinker yeah uh, that one and which is why you know especially for how like wise Raheem was and like in keeping the group together you know I I understand that the movie needed to move forward in a certain direction but I was like Raheem, we all know that Tupac wasn't the one to give the gun to. You know yeah. what I mean? Because it was Raheem that bought it. Yep. Yeah. So I was like, we all, I mean, come on, man. Like, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, that was a great scene. That The movie that they were watching is called White Heat. Oh. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, I'm going to try to stay away from as much as possible. <laughs> Do you um, think good call. they shopped the title Black Heat for this movie? <laughs> <laughs> <At some point? laughs> 
like maybe a little. <laughs> I think at some point there was a group that wanted to option this film and wanted to make it lighter and make it more of a comedy. And um, I'm really glad that the you know the guys that wrote this stuck with it and kept it noir. Me too, um, actually. Mm-hmm. Because, um, you know, I, I know we were talking about like how Tupac kind of went from zero to crazy super fast. But at the same time, like I fully I felt like his character was totally like I understood this character. And I, yeah. you know, I feel like we've seen many people who end up in that position where they just feel like their backs against the wall and you either end up you know, for whatever reason, whether it's like family or just like the luck of the draw, you end up like Q's character and trying to take a positive and more, you know, sane route. Or just for whatever reason, you end up like Tupac just thinking there's no way out of this. We're trapped like rats. I'm going to get mine because I don't care about anybody, not even myself. And he says that in the movie, you know? Yeah. Well, his thesis statement in the movie is really interesting because I feel like it gives more meaning to that turn where he got into this bank robbery because he felt low. Like it truly was a, a self-esteem boost. It was an artificial way to try and feel like he had power and control over his life. Yeah. And then to hear him say, I don't care about me. I don't care about anybody. We realize he didn't get that power and control that he wanted. He still feels low. Mm -hmm. And because of that, he's going to go after anybody Mm -hmm. where he's like, I shot people. I don't even care at this point. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to basically do as much destruction as I can when I can. And it's hardcore i mean it's something that you hear it and you're like you should see someone about that but then there's no one to see (laughs) yeah you know yeah yeah nobody i mean nobody really in their life like kind of uh, takes a mentorship role at least not that we see and i think the guys that wrote this movie like i mean they really they grew up in new york they apparently really did like jump from building to building. Like that was extracted from their actual life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and what I love about this movie and movies like it is just showing how living in this kind of circumstances and especially being black is really like living on um, the end of a needle. You really Mm -hmm. could fall either way. And it's not because you're good or you make all the right choices that your life ends up good. It really, it ends up being the luck of the draw. And you just hope that good will, you know, wins out. Right. Because very easily, like luck wise, Tupac could have won. Like there's a section of this movie and Steel could have died there. It is a toss up at the end of this movie for sure. Yeah. Mm. You know, I kind of thought they were going to do that. Like, I thought it was going to be one of those things where we saw like a struggle and we didn't know for sure. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, ah, oh, we got a couple more minutes left. So I thought that would have been interesting to just like see. We don't know who's going to fall off the roof or like what's going to happen. Actually, there's an alternate ending to this movie. Really? <gasps> really? What? Yeah. So the first ending that they filmed, there was that struggle. And it ended up being that Tupac's character kind of. It, 
and it really truly ended up back against the wall and the, you know, the sirens are coming, the police are on this way and he ends up just like choosing to fall off the side of the building because he doesn't want to go to jail. Mm. And they tested that with audience and then that ending tested so poorly that they did another one. Interesting. Really? Yep. Mm-hmm. That doesn't surprise me. I like me. that better. Am I crazy? Yeah, it's it's funny because I read some uh, some other people who agree with you. They said they've watched the alternate ending and they like the, the other one better. Well, that's kind of like the alternate ending to Get Out. You know, the same kind of thing where mm. it's a real rough ending. But at the same time, I'm like, I think the story kind of serves this. Yeah. But, I wonder you know, if it's like what people are ready for at the time, right? Because yeah. at the time that Get Out came and I mean, I don't really remember. Well, I guess we had had the riots at this point, right? It was 1992. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess I just wonder like, you know, if people, I think there is some something weird that happens collectively as a country where you're watching something and you do need that release of 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 joy like you need a happy ending and then there's other times like what we're in now where it's like fuck that happy ending shit's shit's fucked up please tell me what what the real real is you know what i mean that's true because i think if get out had come out now yeah that original ending would have stayed yeah i think you're right yeah I think I I know we were in like a nice little pocket there where just like it hadn't been a, a high profile police killing in like five minutes. Mm-hmm. So we were like, yeah, like, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. this will be OK. Yep. <laughs> and I don't know, man. I don't know. I feel like I don't know if I would call the ending of Juice that we saw a happy ending at all. Right. Like all his friends are dead or injured. I guess, I guess, yeah, I guess our happy ending comes with the credits when we find out he's OK. Like he accomplished his goal and he's yeah. on the radio DJing. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it's still pretty dark. Yeah, it, it is dark. Um, I think it was. I, I guess I. I guess I wonder, like, if people just had an issue with Tupac having this change of heart, like it being a decision of like going to jail or not, versus like this is just how it happened. I don't know. I. I. I don't know. I. I did think the freeze frame was weird. I was like, wait, are, is this movie about to end like right here on the freeze frame of Omar's face? Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was too. <laughs> all Degrassi episodes in. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever it takes. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> when I watched that, I was like, wait, now, now I feel like after school special. Why is that? Um <laughs> <laughs> Because this movie could have felt like that at any point, but it, I, you know, I thought it was good. Like, well, let, let's do this. Let's uh, let's give this movie our rating. So we always give our ratings out of five hair picks. So Jasmine, what what do you rate this film and why? Mm, okay, so five hair, hair picks is like an absolutely perfect film, yeah. if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Dream Girls two thousand six, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, I've decided that's my five hair pick scale. <laughs> Love it. All right. All right. And then like the lowest you can do is zero hair picks or one. Well, we yeah, haven't had anybody zero. do yeah, zero, but yeah, I'll say yeah, zero. Mm-hmm. So zero hair picks would be Norbit. All right. So we're looking at <laughs> we're looking at the timeline of black cinema. I'm gonna give this three and a half hair picks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Three and a half. Not bad. Not the best, but mm-hmm. definitely not bad. Right. Yeah. What about you, Paige? 
I I would actually edge this a little bit more towards four hair picks just because the performances in it were so great Mm -hmm. and it has become kind of like a landmark movie. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I would say probably about four. Solidly at four. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think for me too, I think I probably would say three and a half just because, and, and it's just more personally for me, like it's not my kind of movie. Mm-hmm. I did think it was good. I think people should watch it. I think this does like, you know, it kind of telegraphs a lot that was happening at the time and a lot that has happened since. And it's really cool to see these actors like, I mean, especially for how young they were just really like killing yeah. it. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, just for me in terms of like my personal preference and like watchability, like I, you know, I, I'm glad that I saw it. Could I watch it again easily? No. Um, I can see people like I can see why people would love this movie, though. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's really dark. Um, it's uh, there are moments of levity. There is Queen Latifah in it. So like that, that that makes it a win for me. And she's I mean, essentially playing herself, but like under a different name. Um, yeah. <laughs> so- and, I mean, yeah. It is hip hop history. You've yeah. got Dr. Dre as one of the judge. Like I can see why it's so important and maybe like it's so I feel like it's almost like a stand by me for black mm-hmm. males, but I don't want to quite say that because I feel like that's more boys in the hood. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, you know what I mean? I could see it being the like coming of age black film for a, like for a lot of young men. Whereas yeah. for me, I was like, y'all just want to hug each other. Like, yeah. I, think, <laughs> <laughs> I think as a woman, part of me was going, man, if y'all would, ju- if you would just talk to your dad and say, yeah. Hey, I know prison fucked you up. I love you. <laughs> Like, you know what I mean? You wouldn't be falling off of a, a roof right now. Your poor right. grandma. I know. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. First, and we, and by the way, we did not talk about that mess of food that Steel cooked for all of them. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's eggs with hot sauce. That's how I eat it every day. <laughs> On that beautiful antique couch, by the way, when they were tearing yes. shit up in his oh, house, no. I was mad. Oh, yeah. You broke his vase. Get- yeah. Out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, and Tupac, you for sure like play played played it so center sinister. I could have definitely seen him, you know, had he kept going and like the black version of Omen. Mm. You know, it's just so evil. Um <laughs> but um yeah, so I think yeah, definitely watch this movie if you guys haven't. I mean, we told you everything that happened, so you know. I feel like if Tupac hadn't died, he would have ended like like, almost like a warrior Will Smith, if that makes sense. Like he'd be a super successful actor, Mm -hmm. but he'd be notorious for playing a bad guy really well. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Like he would have bodied training day. No offense to Denzel. (laughs) That's true. I mean, the only the thing that was sad for me too watching this movie, because, you know, he kind of starts getting in his head. Um, he's like believing that everybody's against him. Like, it's not just at first it's the world. And then he's like, even my friends are against me. And then that really happened in his life, you know? So it was kind of like weird seeing him play out the actual events of his life, you know, that Mm. end up happening because he really did get into this like conspiracy game of like, 
you know, they're after me. And that look that he gave me that one time at the party and that, you know, and like this song or this part of this song, like means this. And it's just like, oh, like you poor thing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. that is sad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, R.I.P. Tupac. Oh, you know what? I'm I'm sorry. He's He's still alive. Uh, I forgot. I forget all the time. Um, Enjoy that island. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> I heard Kamala Harris said he was still alive, like by accident. Because they keep asking her dumbass hip hop questions that have nothing to do with politics. And then they're only doing it because she's a black woman. But it's really funny because her answers are simultaneously like the least black and the most black thing in the world. Because either you have no idea who Tupac is or you actually believe he's alive, yeah, which is yeah. black as fuck. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, Jasmine, thank you so much for watching this movie and for being on our podcast. Thank you for having me. This was so fun. Yeah. Please tell this people where they can find you. Oh, yeah. So I am on all the things at Jasmine Ellis Comedy. My name is J-A-S-M-I-N-E. Ellis starts with an E as well. So that's two E's back to back. So you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the things. And I have a comedy album that's on Apple Music, Spotify, everywhere you find albums. It's called Trash Baby. And uh, it's real funny. So please listen to my album, stream it and buy it. Thank you guys. Absolutely. Please listen to Jasmine. She's so funny. She's such a great comic. Um, and do you got any merch that you're selling right now? Um, you're shipping oh, to people? Yes. Um, yes, 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 yes. Um, starting on Monday, my shop on my website, Jasmine's Comedy, is going to have my stickers and tote bags because apparently you guys don't give people plastic bags. You got to bring your own bag to the store. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I feel like the world's getting on board with LA and this bag thing. So I've got my um, Sally Mae's Most Wanted bags because I'm not paying my student loans. <laughs> so it's a little cartoon uh, mugshot of me looking fabulous. And I, I hope you guys will like it. So pick up Sally Mae's Most Wanted and Trash Baby merch uh, as soon as you can. <laughs> awesome. Um, Paige, what do you got going on this week? I'm on 1,462 podcasts this week. And uh, if you want to find out... <laughs> I just increase the number every week randomly. Uh, It's my own enjoyment. Um, If you want to find out about them, you could follow me on social media at Paige Wesley on Twitter or at Rampage Wesley on Instagram. I can't wait till you're on um, 5,200, 600 podcasts. Um. (laughs) 5,200, 525,600 podcasts. Yes. I'm over here getting it. Like, I'm just dancing to this. Measuring podcasts. (laughs) Measuring podcasts. Going. We're, we're gonna owe them money if we keep. I think we've got over seconds. Spotify sucks. Oh, yeah. Okay, we gotta stop. All right, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Please rate and review the podcast, share it with somebody you know, and we'll be black next time. <laughs>